With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, it's a Thursday loaded up. Here we go. Kevin Durant's already winning in Phoenix. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for uh, making us part of your day. J-Mac is joining us. So, we talked about this when Kevin Durant came over, and I predicted that there's a little big difference between truly great and truly very good, and truly great works in any era, any time. Wilt Chamberlain... Truly great. Jim Brown, truly great. Walter Payton would be a star running back today. Like the truly great ones, any generation, any coach, any teammate, and Kevin Durant qualifies as that. We fall in love with what guys do in the moment, but I mean the truly greats, and it's a very tiny number. It's 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 1% maybe of players ever and Durant was on display last night. Yeah, he was truly great against the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Someone named JT Thor was in the starting lineup. I don't know who that is, and I watch a lot of college basketball. Congratulations <laughs> to KD on win number one. All right, let me start with this. So part of truly great, not what the media thinks is great, not what the fans, not your merchandise sales. Part of truly great is you work with anybody. Kevin Durant works with anti-vaxxers, NBA basketball players afraid to shoot. He got Russell Westbrook to a final. Nobody works with Westbrook. He works with rigid guys, limited guys, old guys, new guys. That's the difference between Westbrook and Kyrie, who are 1-7 with their new teams. They're really, really good. Never, ever has Westbrook or Kyrie won big without Kevin Durant or LeBron at their side. Patrick Mahomes is truly great. Any era he would work. Tyreek Hill left. Oh! Won an MVP in the Super Bowl. Didn't matter that they rebuilt his offensive line the previous year or he had a pedestrian wide receiver group. Mahomes is truly great. 
Lamar Jackson's really, really talented. But you have to have a specific offensive coordinator, a specific set of players around him. There's a big gap between Westbrook KD, Kyrie KD, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes. Truly all-time great. Phoenix is not perfect. Chris Paul's old. They need another defender. DeAndre Ayton has some limitations. They could use more players on the bench. Watch them start reeling off W's and move up in seating. And here's the thing. Brady did this. Brady won a Super Bowl, created a dynasty with an old, rigid defensive coach. Then he went and got the loose offensive coach, the party animal in Tampa. First year, pandemic, no preseason. He won a Super Bowl with that guy. He won with Dion Branch, crazy Antonio Brown, a college quarterback as a wide receiver, Julian Edelman, Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, good guys, bad guys, small guys, crazy guys, restricted guys, limited guys, Wes Welker, Edelman, didn't matter. Brady won. He won an MVP with Bill O'Brien. He won with Charlie Weiss. He won with Josh McDaniels. It didn't matter. He won with Byron Leftwich. That's truly great. You work with everybody, the coach, the player, the system. There are times you're not going to win the championship or win the Super Bowl. Westbrook's never won big without KD. KD's won with everybody. Kyrie's never won big without LeBron. LeBron wins with everybody. That is the difference. Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill and everybody freaked out. Oh, I don't know. Kansas City ended up with a number one offense in the NFL. The year before, rebuilt their own line. This year, pedestrian wide receiver. I mean, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he lost Devontae Adams. He went into the tank by Aaron Rodgers' standards. So, and the thing about, and here's the thing about what truly great does. You don't always have to have all the points. So in basketball, often if you're scoring a lot or you're good, it takes away from others. I mean, can you imagine last night, Westbrook's first game with the Clippers, he drops 25 points. He'd have been like, give me the ball, head down, get out of the way. Last night, Katie was phenomenal, and yet Devin Booker scored 37 points. Mahomes can be phenomenal, but Travis Kelsey has 14 catches. Brady wins a Super Bowl. Mike Evans is unstoppable. The truly greats don't get in the way of other people's success. They don't suck all the oxygen out of the room. Kevin Durant walks in, brand new guy, brand new system, unstoppable, and Booker almost scores 40. So don't put 98% of the players in NBA history, now and forever, in Kevin Durant's class. He is Mahomes. It just doesn't matter. Coordinator, tight end, wide receiver, doesn't matter. Go look at the wide receiving core for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sky Moore. I mean, guy in Pittsburgh they were tired of, guy in Green Bay that was overpaid. Go look at that wide receiving core. Number one offense in the NFL, in the stronger conference, in a good division. Here was KD after last night's win over the rugged Hornets. I feel like I fit in pretty well. Um, everybody, everybody out there was trying to make me as comfortable as possible, coaches and players as well. And, you know, so... Um, just got to keep keep grinding, man. And you know, this this jersey on me will look normal in a couple. You know, as games go on, as we start to keep building who we are as a team, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. Truly, historically great, Kevin Durant. 
Mike McCarthy was at it again. You know what? They should, in Dallas, just take the podium away. You can interview him after games, maybe. No more podium talks. Um, <laughs> so he was asked, Kellen Moore, their very good offensive coordinator, play caller. Mike McCarthy says, yeah, that was fine. And we were number two in the NFC in offense. We were highly productive, but Mike McCarthy said this in 2023. <laughs> Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up. <laughs> but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I don't have a desire to be the number one offense in the league. Uh, Kansas City was the number one offense in the league. Philadelphia was the number one offense in the NFC. Because I want to win championships. You know, if we got to give up some production and take care of the ball, uh, that's what we'll do because we have a really good defense. Wow. Yeah, the scoring thing seems to be working. Ask Cincinnati and Kansas City and Philadelphia. It's, it's, it's really working. So does everybody understand how good Kellen Moore is at this job? And we don't use Kellen Moore much as a topic, but think about this. The Dallas Cowboys are actually incredibly limited on offense. They are. Zeke, their star running back, shot. Their left tackle, Tyron Smith, is available about every third week. They don't have a number two receiver. Dak is not that accurate a thrower over the football. Dak tied for the most picks in the league, and they started backups in several games. And yet the Cowboys finished as the number two offense in the NFC. And one of the things when you're in a business long enough, and Mike McCarthy's been in football 30 years. I've been in broadcasting 30 years. It's kind of my responsibility to be able to see around corners a little bit, see problems before they arise. So does Mike McCarthy get that Kellen Moore is now going to go to a better quarterback in Justin Herbert, a better left tackle in Rashawn Slater, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, capable tight ends, Kellen Moore is going to crush it by September. And Dallas, very likely, because they've got to use that first pick on a corner. They don't have a second corner. Maybe, maybe a wide receiver, maybe. But Dallas is probably going to pull back, right? Zeke is washed. Tony Pollard's a free agent. He may just go. Your tight end's talented. He's a free agent. You can't afford him. You're paying Zeke and Dak too much. You're still paying Tyron Smith a lot of money you got to save up money for Micah Parsons. You're paying Demarcus Lawrence a lot. Like, it's very, very likely that Dallas will be the same or pull back. And it's almost guaranteed. There's two guarantees in the NFL next year. Denver's going to double their win total with Sean Payton. Bank on it. And the Chargers' offense is going to get significantly better when they return their left tackle and get a progressive offensive coordinator you got to be able to see around corners. By September and October, people are going to make, they're going to be making fun of you for this comment. And we not only have a cultural gap between offensive coaches and defensive coaches, some of these older guys, Belichick going to a defensive coordinator as offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy saying, I'll give up production. I mean, Andy Reid's the outlier, but what are we doing here? Just take the podium away. Like, what are we saying here and what are we doing here? There, you, there's every reason to believe that Dallas could be better defensively next year. They've got to solve some secondary issues, and they're going to draft that. 
but they're likely to not be quite as good offensively. Ask yourself this. If C.D. Lamb missed a month, who are they throwing to? Michael Gallup? The tight end may be gone. Tony Pollard could be gone. But when you're working in any industry for 30 years, you got to see around corners a little. And this is going to be a ridiculous quote by the first week of October. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So last night's Laker win was big. I sat and watched that last night, and Dennis Schroeder rolled an ankle early and then came back and won. No LeBron, no AD. But the story is AD was 100% pain-free and didn't play. So baseball goes through a little bit of this. There's still a very active battle in baseball between what the manager wants to do and the analytic department and the GM wants to do. 
and analytic teams slash nerds uh, always want to go with the average. What is the data? What does it say? But sometimes in a game, in a moment, there's momentum, and data can't track it. There are moments among alpha males when certain guys need to step up. There's these key moments. And last night, AD should have played. He was 100% pain-free. He's gotten plenty of rest this year. They were on the road. LeBron wasn't playing, and reportedly LeBron has been playing through severe pain in his last five or six games. And AD has a reputation, frankly, of being soft. And the medical staff reportedly held him out. That's one of those, I'm playing. Now, Dennis Schroeder, they won. Oklahoma City's not much to look at. And Dennis Schroeder, despite a rolled ankle, played a really good basketball game. And so they won. But this was a step-up moment. This was a leadership moment. This was a, I'm playing. This is Mahomes screaming at Andy Reid on the sideline with a high ankle sprain. The media freaking out. And Mahomes is like, I'm not taking my shoe off. I'm not taking my shoe off. Get me back in there. Anthony Davis, 100% pain-free, didn't play. Here's Darvin Ham, the head coach, after. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, he's frustrated as hell, man. He, he wants to be out there, but he also understands the process of, of us managing his foot the right way. And so, and again, it's not like it's a stress reaction, so anything could set that thing off. Um, and the more stress you put on it, the more it's going to react. So it's it's like uh, you just have to let it, you know, not saying that it flared up or anything. He's actually absolutely playing pain-free. Pain-free. Can we stop pandering and coddling? That was a step-up moment. And this is happening in the NBA now. And it happens in baseball where you have analytic departments and their season-long averages do matter. But what you find out in baseball, you ask a starter to pitch on two days rest. You ask a starter to come out of the bullpen. The playoff postseason is not the regular season, and the averages aren't the same. We've talked about this in the NBA. Referees swallow the whistle in the postseason. They don't in the regular season. Everybody's equally rested. You're playing a team six, seven straight games. They know your liabilities. They attack them. Playoff baseball, and right now the Lakers are in playoff mode. They had to win last night. This is not December. It's not November. It is, it's March. You got to win. Now, they did. Chris Finch, the coach of the T-Wolves, was on the show yesterday, and we talked about this, this load management, um, you know, these science departments among NBA teams. One of the fastest growing uh, departments in professional sports is the performance department, you know, with sports scientists and all the people that are now giving us so much data about resting and recovering and being ready to play obviously we have to to lean into what they say uh it's not our decision as coaches unfortunately in our league and i've said this before uh resting has become a bit of a status symbol uh you're so good that they don't want to play you tonight because they need you later uh well you're a team like ours you're 500 and you're fighting for your life you got to play every night yes and that's really what the league should be all about anyway for Minnesota, you got to play. For the Lakers right now, Le- no LeBron, you got to play. Stars get whatever they want in this league. I mean, Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, I- I'm not going to get vaccinated. He got away with it. James Harden, I'm going to be out of shape in Houston. He got away with it. You tell me AD couldn't go to the medical staff and say, yeah, I'm playing. Fellas, I'm playing. Of course he could. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. 
Do not confuse an outlier for a new reality. Russell Wilson was smaller than you'd like, got to a Super Bowl, actually two, should have won both, won one, and suddenly everybody thought size doesn't matter as a quarterback. Here's the last four first-round quarterbacks who were smaller than you'd like. Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Tua. How's that working out for you? So I saw a piece of video yesterday, Bryce Young at the Combine walking by a, a prospect, and he looked like his little brother. I'm sorry, that's not what Brady and Gronk look like, or Dallas Clark and Peyton Manning, or Big Ben, or any of the top quarterbacks in their tight ends. I don't love it. It's sort of like when Trump became president. Well, he's a businessman. I want all my politicians to have a basic understanding of how you know government works. We got into this tiny home trend. Hey, live in 88 square feet. My kid's doing homework in the sink. I like my homes with space. I like my politicians to understand government. And I like my quarterbacks to have, you know, six two or up size. Bryce Young is small, he's light, and he doesn't have a great arm. It's good, it's fine, it's okay. But you watch those, you watch those videos, and my first instinct is he looks small. Well, it's a tight end. Yeah, you should see the defensive ends. You should see the offensive tackles. He's got to pass the ball over them. I don't know, it's something. Right? Albert Breer. <laughs> we talked about Bryce Young, lack of size earlier this week. If Bryce Young were six foot three and 220 pounds, we'd be talking about him like he was Joe Burrow or Andrew Luck. You're looking at a prospect who's got very advanced football knowledge, who's got great feel and instinct in the pocket, who's a competitor, who's produced at a high level in one of the best programs, and probably the best program in college football. And so he checks every single box, intangibles, tangibles, all of it, and the size isn't there. And so that makes this very, very difficult. I think the best comp I've heard out there and one that I've heard from teams over and over again is Drew Brees. You know, the big question here is going to be how he holds up. So Drew Brees tends to be a historic outlier. Uh, Russell Wilson was a more mobile version of Drew Brees, less accurate, more mobile. Those are outliers. Uh, just because you had a cousin once live briefly in an 89-square-foot home, it's really not going to become a trend. People like a backyard and space, and they don't want their kids, you know, doing homework on the oven door, which you had to pull out. So let's take a deep breath. Small isn't ideal. Manziel, Kyler, Tua, it's not ideal. It's not what you want. Um, so this is interesting. I said this earlier. If Patrick Mahomes, Kevin Durant was on the market, a lot of teams were interested. Um, Westbrook will be a Hall of Famer. So will Kyrie. They were on the market too. Very small market. So if Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, Josh Allen were on the market, 26 teams would make a call. Now we know Aaron's a little older, but you'd think he'd have somewhat of a market. Story today Jets may not be as interested, says the Athletic, as you'd think. Story today out of Tennessee, the Titans GM, we're sticking with Ryan Tannehill. And then Josh McDaniels of the Raiders, considered a team that would be interested in Aaron. Here's what he said about the quarterback position. You know, look, the, the, the goal for us eventually is to have somebody that's going to be here for a long time. I think that, um, you know, you see the teams that are having success right now. Uh, in our league, I would say in our conference, and specifically in our division. 
Um, you know, they're young players that were drafted by their clubs and they're being developed there um, under the same continuity. Raiders, doesn't look like it. Jets, doesn't feel like it. Sound like it. Titans, out. Where's the market? I've always felt Aaron's going to go back to Green Bay. But we always talk about, do you check certain boxes? Aaron misses on a lot of boxes. So let's think about the boxes. Is he inexpensive? No. Is he young? No. Is he a franchise galvanizer? No, that's not really his thing. Um, is he always easy to coach? No, he couldn't stand McCarthy at the end, and he called out Matt LaFleur two days ago. Does he have recent playoff success? No. There's a little Kyrie Irving to Aaron Rodgers. No, there is. One title, uniquely gifted, interesting personalities, but increasingly less reliable in the playoffs, and you're not sure where their head's at. I didn't even mention the Vax thing, did I? If Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Trevor Lawrence were available, you got 24 teams on the phone. You got bad teams, the Jets. You got teams last year that were reeling, the Titans, the Raiders. Josh McDaniel's got a winner, he's going to get fired. Robert Sala's got a a winner, they're going to get fired. And they don't appear as interested. So what's the market? I mean, it, it really, there's an old saying in our business. You're a free agent. What's the market? That's your value. Companies overpay a lot of average people. What's the market? What is it? I mean, when bad teams with coaches on the hot seat and you're going to be a Hall of Famer, this is the same thing with Kyrie. Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers, one title, uniquely gifted. Nobody questions that. First ballot Hall of Famers. Um, Don't work well with a lot of people. Um, There's some coaching stuff you're not sure about. And the truth is, you haven't had a lot of recent playoff success. It's the same guy. It's a lot of the same stuff. Now, NBA guys have more power than NFL guys, but Kyrie's really expensive. Aaron's really expensive. That limits the market. You don't know where their head is at. That limits the market. Kyrie has talked about retiring early. Aaron's talked about retiring early. How good you are is determined by how many people are interested if you're available to everybody. You tell me right now. What's the market? Well, let me point out one big difference between these two. Aaron Rodgers has four MVP awards, as in he was the best player in the league. Kyrie Irving does not have four MVP votes in his career. He's never been the best. That being said, Colin, I just looked at the teams with the biggest cap space because right. you know you need to afford Rodgers. Number one, Chicago Bears. It's not going to happen. Number two, Atlanta Falcons. Could happen. Doubt it happens. Number three, Las Vegas Raiders. Thought it would happen. Number four, and they're going to have to move some stuff to make to afford them. New York Giants. They're not going to. That's not going to happen. Okay. So then the last two teams, five and six, Bengals. Forget about them. And the New England Patriots. Uh, and again, they'd still have to move stuff around to afford Aaron Rodgers. So I'll now that you know that those are the teams that can maybe afford him. Where's Aaron Rodgers going? Green Bay. Right. That's where he's going. He's staying. So, um, and, and the, the report by The Athletic is uh, today, it will take, quote, more than people realize to acquire Aaron. You're going to have to give up two firsts, and you're going to have to move pieces because he's so expensive. Do you think this will ding his ego a little bit that maybe teams could have been interested and nobody wanted him? Well, I just, Tom Brady was 43, and he had more of a market than this. 
The Chargers right. wanted him, were shocked. In fact, I called the Chargers and I said, hey, I've heard Tom is going to be a buck. And they were bummed out. <laughs> so it. we know there was two teams and arguably three. There was rumors about the Colts. So Tom was 44 and had a market. Aaron's what, 38? 39. And by the way, the Dolphins got punished for tampering with Tom. So they eventually had another market. Yes, and, and there's are, a story to there yeah. are stories now that San Francisco is seeking a veteran quarterback next year. And Mike Silver, who covers the Niners, says Brady is the obvious choice. So Tom's now 45, 46. He's still got suitors. Some people are saying the Miami Dolphins could get in the mix. They are uh, $15 million over the cap. So as of, I mean, if you want to move off Tyreek Hill and all this other stuff. No, you wouldn't. Maybe, yeah, no. So, I don't see the Dolphins happening. It's, this has got to be a reality check for Aaron Rodgers. Like, whoa, nobody wants me? Who wouldn't be in the Mahomes market? So, Cincinnati wouldn't be. Buffalo wouldn't be. The Chargers have their guy, cheap. So, you know, like the, Trevor Lawrence, Jags got their guy. There's four teams we know would not be. But Baltimore with Lamar? They would go with Mahomes. Well, we're gonna and talk, Lamar's talented. You know, we'll talk Ravens next hour. There's a lot happening there that's not good. But I mean, <laughs> Mahomes, everybody outside of the guys that have, you know, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts probably sticks with their guy. I mean, he was great in the Super Bowl. So Philly stays with their guy. And there's, again, I'm, I'm, I could be overlooking one or two. There may be five teams in the league are like, we got a young guy. He's a cheap guy. We love him. We're not going to blow the locker room up. I get it. Everybody else makes a call on Mahomes. Aaron's down to Green Bay. And, and, and by the way... Green Bay, in a perfect world, I think would move off him, yeah. but it's the cap dead money. It, it just, it just, you're as good as your market. You get fired tomorrow. I don't care if you're a salesperson. You're a teacher. You're on the market. How long is it? When Kellen Moore was on the market, offensive coordinator <laughs> for the Cowboys, he was on the market for an hour. When Andy Reid got fired by the Eagles, he was on the market for, he was on the beach for a week. <laughs> a week. That's when you're talented. Cliff Kingsbury, fired by Arizona, goes on a trip overseas. He's not working this season. There's his market. He's not. Is he getting at a head coaching look, offensive coordinator? Like, it's a good point about your market. Like, what is it? You can brag about it. You can tell me about your merch and your Instagram. What is your market? It. It. I. I'm not trying to be negative here, but. The Raiders, basically, their coach comes out and says, what you want to do is draft a young guy and then the Jets story in the athletic. And the Titans GM said verbatim, when are you, when are you people, the media, going to get it? Ryan is our quarterback now <laughs> and for the future. Those are the words. So that, and I thought that was a great place. They're out. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together, we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So we all know you're as good as your quarterback in the league, right? So I went back. I said, let's take a sample size of the last 10 years, first-round quarterbacks. There have been 30. <clears throat> 30 quarterbacks, first-round quarterbacks. In the history of the NFL, that's where most of your great quarterbacks are, with all apologies to Brock Purdy. So first-round quarterbacks, been 30. There have been eight stars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Burrow, Herbert, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Patrick, Deshaun Watson. Those are stars. Some are better than others, but they're stars. I mean, Arizona's a, a shipwreck as an organization. Kyler got them to the playoffs. I mean, literally, they were just absolutely... And we don't even know if he ever had a good coach. We don't know if he... We, we think he's a bad owner, bad coach. GM left. He got him to the playoffs in a very good division. Kyler Murray's a star. There are 10 starters. They're starters in the NFL. I don't have to love all of them. Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Tua, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, laugh all you want. They won a lot of games. 
Uh, Blake Bortles got to a playoff. Teddy Bridgewater's borderline because he was hurt a lot. But they were starters in the NFL. You could win games. Last time Teddy Bridgewater got five straight starts, he went 5-0. and oh. And then there are start overs. It just didn't work. Uh, never as good as you hoped. I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield did get to a playoff game, but it's, you know, it's Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Jordan Love hasn't played significant stretch in three years. Probably won't play again this year. If he was great, he'd be playing. Dwayne Haskins, Baker, Sam, Josh, Trubisky. Carson Wentz, I'd love to put on the starter thing, but just too much. He was all over the map. I mean, they paid him a fortune. He was never worth the money. Paxton Lynch, Johnny Manziel, EJ Manuel. So eight stars, 10 starters, and 12 startovers. So what does that tell you? There's four quarterbacks with the possibility of being drafted in the first round. All four will be drafted in the first round. C.J. Stroud, Will Evis, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson from Florida. Statistically, one's going to be a star, one's going to be a starter, and two are going to be startovers. And this is not considered a great. Maybe there isn't a star in this one. We have had lots of drafts. There was the EJ Manuel draft. There are drafts with no star quarterback. Next year, you're going to have two guaranteed minimum. Drake May at Carolina, Kayla Williams, USC. Those are stars. Those are big-time talents. Right now, they'd both be drafted one and two or if they were available. That is without – I've had every GM I've talked to has said the exact same thing. Caleb Williams is number one, Drake Mays two, this draft. So what does that tell you? Who is going to be the hit? And I, my takeaway is I don't know, but I think the most fascinating scenario is whoever Seattle drafts. Seattle has a lot of unique opportunities. Most of these are bad, crappy teams and bad rosters. Seattle isn't. Seattle's the most talented team of all those. Seattle has a Super Bowl winning coach, a star left tackle, a star running back, a star receiver, a star corner, an ascending roster, playoff momentum. And thanks to the Russell Wilson trade, all sorts of draft picks. And you say to yourself, well, Seattle may take a defensive player. Pete Carroll said, slow down. We are never in this position to draft five. We're not going to be, we don't draft five ever in Seattle. We got to consider quarterback. Here's Pete Carroll. Oh, we in the position we're in. We 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 are totally connected to the quarterbacks that are coming out. Um, this is a really huge opportunity for us. Um, it's a rare opportunity. We, you know, we've been drafting in the low twenties for such a long time. You just don't get the chance at these guys. So we're deeply involved with all that. Seattle. Look at those two ten teams drafting. Seattle's got all the box stuff. Star running back to help you out. Star left tackle, star wide receiver, star coach. They've got their cornerback. Don't have to, don't have to draft that. They need an edge rusher. They, you could argue they don't even need a quarterback because Geno got them to the playoffs. So they don't have a lot of needs. They have momentum. They're not paying a majority of their really high-end players, and they've got a boatload of draft picks. So you start looking at those top 10 teams – None of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, are good enough to overcome chaos. Seattle doesn't have any. Seattle's got a playoff roster. I don't know. You start looking at those teams. I don't think any of these quarterbacks can overcome. Now, Philadelphia at 10 is not taking a quarterback. So, But, but the other nine teams there, Seattle's the only one you're like, left tackle, star back, star coach, star receiver. They've got in their D-line, Shelby Harris, an elite defensive lineman. They've got that last year they had a, a home run in the fifth round at corner. They got a star corner. Um, they like they got they got star safeties. They really are ready to win. 
So you can, by the way, you can bring your quarterback in wherever it is, and he can sit behind Geno for a year. You don't even have to play him. So it feels like to me, if Seattle goes quarterback, this will statistically, that will be the greatest potential for a star. I would counter, why not Detroit? They've got a they're better not, offensive line. But they're not, They've got a great offensive coordinator. They've got an awesome receiver in St. Brown. They're not taking a quarterback. Why not? Because they have Jared Goff. If Aaron Rodgers retired, Goff's in a short list of the best quarterback in the NFC. Of all their defensive... Are, are we overreacting to a really good year with an outstanding offensive coordinator and a tremendous offensive line? He, if you are Detroit, he got Colin... To, he, got, he got to... You got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, like five years ago with Sean McVay. If you're looking at Detroit and you say, wow, Jared Goff, he's going to eat into the cap. He's like, you know, the 10th or 12th highest cap hit among quarterbacks. What if we got a rookie quarterback in there and we moved on from Goff? Yeah, it'd be great if it was Caleb Williams. None of these guys are, I don't, first of all, Goff is six four and a half with a really nice arm, playoff experience, big game experience. You start looking at quarterbacks in this league. Goff is way higher than anybody wants to acknowledge. I like Derek Carr. Goff's better. Who had a better year last season, Geno Smith or Jared Goff? Jared Goff's a better player. Easily. Easily. Jared Goff is easily a better quarterback. So why'd Sean McVay move off of him? Because Sean McVay standards are way up here. And it's like, to run my... And it worked. I told you yesterday, you think I'm crazy. With all these injuries to Stafford and his contract, which is a little bit of a weight yes. to the Rams. No, that's right. Like the Rams behind the scenes are not in love with Stafford right now because he won't rework his deal. So he is limiting what they can do. The gap between Stafford and Goff is not as big as everybody thinks. One's got a better contract. One is younger. One never. Jared Goff doesn't miss starts. You know what he else? He didn't miss Jared... him at Cal when he was getting a you-know-what kicked out of you it. You know what else he doesn't do? He doesn't run. He's immobile. He has cement shoes. You upgrade to a, uh, a Bryce Gosh, Young, you a C.J. Stroud. You've now got a mobile quarterback. Ben Johnson adds a totally new element to his quarterback who can move. Geno Smith, by the way, very good with his legs last year. Man, you, is this, I, I don't not like Goff. It, I just it, oh, think, yeah. Sounds like a love affair here. <laughs> I just feel like if you reset that quarterback contract, Colin, with a young quarterback— with that offensive line, the weapons, the offensive coordinator, I think Detroit in a year or two is a Super Bowl contender. Super Bowl, not playoff. Oh, Super Bowl contender. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Appreciate you participating today. <laughs> Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Former NBA player for almost two decades. One of the great shooters. Eddie Johnson, Suns broadcaster, NBA Sixth Man of the Year. He's listening to us talk about this nonsense, and Eddie's like, can you just get to me? Can we get stop this nonsense talk? So, so I was a believer that KD was going to work. He was going to work instantly. I think you guys should be favorites or co-favorites because I think he's a catch-and-shoot. I don't think he takes away from others. I think you can get him the ball late in the clock. I think you have a high-functioning team. Um, were you surprised last night, Eddie, how effortless it kind of looked? No, not at all. Look, Kevin Durant is a hooper, man. Uh, he continually tells us this. He loves basketball, right? He doesn't like the other stuff around the game. He loves getting between the lines and playing. And he plays the right way. Like, he can fit into any offense. Why? Because he is effective off the ball. Just get it to him. I don't care if it's four seconds on the clock. 
he's going to get a good look because he's seven foot tall. He sees over the defense. He's one of the purest shooters in the history of the game. Yeah. And he's going to give you numbers. And so I felt like he would fit into any offense regardless where he is. I'm just happy that he's here in Phoenix. So I've always liked Chris Paul a lot. And I, my takeaway, you know Devin Booker better than me, but he's kind of chill. He doesn't need all – you know, Devin's just a chill young guy. Minds me a little bit of Clay Thompson. He just – he's he's living his best life. He's having a good time. So And I think – so I think – I don't see a lot of ego with this team. Personality. Not at all. Okay, so you you tell me because I think I think sometimes Kevin can be put off by conflict and that kind of stuff. Not a not a bunch of egos in Phoenix. Not at all. I think it was a good bridge when Ricky Rubio came first as a point guard to help Devin understand that he's not going to win if he's taking all the shots if he's just searching to score seventy points. And I think Ricky Rubio was really was a great transition to Chris Paul. And when Chris Paul came in, I think Devin understood it right away. He didn't have to really just go aggressively because we know Chris Paul is very aggressive. And I just think they just mixed. And Devin wants to win. I mean, Kobe Bryant obviously was a great mentor and role model for him. And, you know, he had a lot of conversations with him. And Devin knows he can score, but Devin wants to win. And I think he's going to do everything that he can to help KD get acclimated to this team. Now, Colin, you saw last night, Devin took a ton of shots. He had 37. Yeah. And what I tell people is, is KD is going to make the game so much more easier for Devin because now he's not getting double teamed. He's going to get that pristine one-on-one coverage, and that's going to take a lot of pressure off the both of these guys. So I expect Devin to be honed in, just looking for for an opportunity to get a championship. He's not worried about anything else. Here's the concern is that Chris and Kevin are older, they can be brittle, Mm -hmm. that this is a huge roll of the dice by the organization. It will work this year, maybe next year, and then Phoenix could be in trouble. Is that a fair criticism? No, that's a fair criticism. I mean, look, and and most players know this. When they get north of 30, uh, you know you're either going to be at the top or you're going to start to slide down. The great thing about Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker is they stay in the gym. like. They're prepared. Like, they're not going to give in to father time right away. And I think that's the beautiful part of these two individuals and in that you can see it in regards to how quickly Kevin Durant comes back and how effective he is when he does get back from injury. Like, he didn't miss a beat last night, and he's been out over a month. So I think that's the one sign that you look for for guys, Colin, to see when they do come back, are they effective right away? And right, and last night we saw Kevin Durant looking like Kevin Durant as he has all year long. Yeah, he is. He is really. He is really so much fun. Uh, the very few guys like him that you can give him the ball early in the shot clock. Mm-hmm. He can score, and you and you don't have to design stuff. You have the play breaks down. You got four seconds on the clock. You give it to Kevin. He gets a great shot. I had right. reservations about Westbrook to the Clippers or Kyrie to Luka. I always said this about James Harden. Generally in basketball, some stars score and they take shots away from other players. Yeah. Luka's a fascinating player. My, my buddy J-Mac here loves him. And I'm like, listen, there's a little James Harden here. He's not a great defender. And now we're seeing how good Jalen Brunson is when he leaves him. Wow, how do you look? Did you play with guys in your era that had a little bit of a hardened Luka feel where they're great, they're Hall of Famers, they'll be all-timers, but they're kind of hard to play with? Yeah, I would throw Kristaps Porzingis in there, too. I think he's looked pretty good in Washington on the floor. <laughs> right. I, you know, I think 
the tough part is with Luca and, and with James Harden when he was in Houston, I love the James Harden that we're seeing today, is that he's giving his teammates, Harden is, an opportunity to maybe if they do get the ball from him, they got more than three seconds to decide what they're going to do. And I think with Luca, you don't get that in Dallas. And now with he and Kyrie, you got two guys that's pretty similar. And now those other guys aren't going to get great looks. Uh, case in point, Tim Hardaway the other day, who should be their third scorer, he only took six shots and he made four of them. And in 37 minutes. Wow. So, you know, between those two guys, they got to learn to understand and trust other guys longer than the two or three seconds and thinking they have to set them up. And I think that's where Dallas is going to run into it. And Kyrie's going to get the blame, obviously. That's going to follow him. But I honestly believe that he is trying. I mean, he is trying to do it the right way. It's going to be difficult with Luka, though. So uh, I I didn't love last night. AD didn't play, and he was a hundred percent pain free. And baseball's got their analytic people, and they're you know they're telling managers what to do. And managers are always saying, "Listen, there's momentum," and analytics don't tell you about momentum. And I thought last night was a great example. AD's had a reputation as soft, and so pain free. LeBron out on the road, huge game, and he sits. And I'm like, I don't like. I don't. You got to go to that medical department and say, fellas, I'm playing. I know what I make. I know what you make. I'm playing. I didn't like it at all. Where do you fall on this whole health science momentum in the league that just takes stars out regularly? I never missed a game uh, that I was not injured. Okay. I was hurt a lot. It's just funny to me that players today tend to think that they need to get close to 100% to play. And I'm quick to remind players, the moment that you put an NBA uniform on, you'll never be 100%. <laughs> never. Like, you will never, this marathon of 82 games, traveling, practicing, you don't have a chance to be 100%. You try to build back to 100%. It's like filling up your gas tank. Yeah, okay, you get down low, fill it up. Guess what? You're still going to run out of gas. Okay, and so I think they don't understand that. And I think it gets them in trouble. And they're listening to people that think from a science technology part that it's going to be better for them. But I think mentally it hurts them because then they tend to not play when they're nicked up. And I think that's the biggest problem with these players today. They don't practice a ton and they step back when they're nicked up. I actually agree with the Lakers calling last night and sitting Anthony Davis because of this reason. They didn't know how long LeBron possibly could be out. And if they lose Anthony Davis, Right. If he aggravates it to a level where he can't play for two weeks, then they're definitely out of the playoffs. With Shea Gill just not playing last night, yeah. they rolled the dice, but they rolled the dice well. Yeah, Schroeder played well. Finally, um, championship teams don't worry about seeding much. Uh, Warriors have proven they can go into Boston and win a game in the finals. That's They, they don't worry about that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about getting the guys healthy. And I look at them now, and I think they've figured their bench out. So... Poole's going to give him scoring off the bench. Kuminga gives him athletic ability. Uh, Jamichael Green gives him a little size. Uh, DiVincenzo gives him leadership, toughness, can hit a jumper. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like Clay's having a year, Eddie. I kind of feel like they found it. It took him a while, but it looks like they figured the bench out. You buy that or not? I don't think they ever lost it. I just think that father time as you noted with, with other guys, it's, it's catching up to them. The marathon last year, I thought, took a lot out of them because I don't even know if they thought midseason that they could win a title. And all of a sudden, they fell into it and they won one. 
And like Curry right now, it maybe was good for him to have the injury, so to speak, yeah. because it gave him a chance to rest. And he'll be he'll come back and he'll be just as good. He's one of those guys too that when he gets back on the court, he's going to be productive. Uh, I just think that they're going to be there and they're going to be a problem. But I, for me, I just think that marathon, man, that marathon year after year after year, and I've heard Draymond talk about it, it just gets laborious. And I just want to see if they're able to overcome that. I just don't know. But I'm not going to go against them because I, I've been – Greg Popovich shut me up after thinking San Antonio would fall away for years and years and they were right there in your face. And I'm not going to do that with Golden State either. Eddie Johnson, former NBA player, uh, watched him for years. He was an automatic bucket. Uh, he could still hit a jumper today. Don't challenge him to a game of horse. You'll end up uh, you'll end up losing that one. As always, Bally Sports Arizona, my friend, it's great seeing you again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts a rested child is a happy child Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.